Welcome to Travel First with Alex First. The great conundrum we faced on day three in St. Petersburg, our final day in this fabulous city, was what to see that we hadn't seen and what to leave out. You see, that's the sort of place this is. Now I can safely say, as a traveller, you need a minimum of a week to do justice to St. Petersburg. I didn't want to rush through anything. Rather, I was keen to soak in wherever it was that my wife and I ventured. So the have to seize came down to two more places. First up, we took the metro to visit the golden yellow Russian Orthodox Peter and Paul Cathedral inside the Peter and Paul Fortress. More about that in a moment, but firstly, I'd like to comment on the metro. Trains run literally within seconds of each other. Great stuff if you've just arrived at the platform, crestfallen to see the back of another train. But to get to our relevant train, we had to negotiate the super duper long and steep escalators. Boy, are they something. They seem to go on and on, and a journey up or down one of them can last two minutes. I was sold. Loved it. Anyway, back to Peter and Paul Cathedral, the oldest landmark and first stone church in St. Petersburg, built between 1712 and 1733. Both the cathedral and fortress were originally constructed under Peter the Great, the ruler of Russia from 1682 until his death in 1725. The cathedral's bell tower is the world's tallest orthodox bell tower. Its gold-painted spire reaches a height of 123 metres, and at its top is an angel holding a cross, the angel being one of the most important symbols of St. Petersburg. The cathedral is dedicated to Saints Peter and Paul, the patron saints of the fortress, Saint Peter being the patron saint of the city. The cathedral houses the remains of almost all the Russian emperors and empresses from Peter the Great to Nicholas II and his family. That includes Catherine the Great, who was Empress of Russia for 34 years. The Peter and Paul Fortress is the original stronghold of St. Petersburg. It was first built in 1703 in order to protect the city and then rebuilt in stone from 1706 to 1740. From around 1720, it served as a base for the city garrison, and also as a prison for, among others, political prisoners. It was still used as a jail and execution ground in the 1920s, and one of the site's tourist drawcards is the prison, which shows the cells and explains the fate of a number of inmates. There are separate entry fees to several of the landmarks within the fortress grounds. If you climb to the top of the fortification or wander around the outside at ground level, both of which you can do, the most magnificent vista immediately hits you. For spread out in front of you are beautiful building after beautiful building and two bridges spanning far more than 180 degrees. In our case, the scene was even more appealing because immediately in front of us, due to the wintry conditions, the river next to which the fortress is built was frozen solid and had a jagged look to it. Amazing, amazing stuff. 
We also explored a secret passageway within the complex and watched and most certainly heard a cannonball explode from a cannon at noon. Then it was off to the Church of the Saviour of Spilled Blood, undoubtedly one of the greatest of all the great churches in St Petersburg, both inside and out. The striking romantic-style church with five ornate enamel-coloured domes of different heights was built between 1883 and 1907 and funded by the imperial family with support from private donors. Construction began during the reign of Alexander III, who dedicated the church as a memorial to his assassinated father, Alexander II. Construction was completed during the reign of Nicholas II. The church contains more than 7,500 square metres of intricately detailed mosaics, the main pictures being biblical scenes or figures. The interior was designed by some of the most celebrated Russian artists of the day. And that's St Petersburg for you. Great one day, brilliant the next. It should be on everyone's top places to visit. Remember, if you're looking to do so from Australia, there's a Russian specialist travel agency called Discovery Russia, whose website is discoveryrussia.com.au. Also, if you plan your itinerary, you could benefit by using a St. Petersburg card to save you money on your sightseeing, which we did. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.